to In This Direction, a podcast that's focused on sharing the moments that brought people to where they are today. One moment in our lives or collection of moments can completely alter the direction our stories take. And this podcast is all about exploring them because in this direction, there's always a story. My name is Quinn. I am your host. And yes, I feel weird saying that, but it is true. I've entertained starting my own podcast for at least a year or so, and now here we are. This is episode number one of In This Direction, and I am very, very stoked about it. What really inspired me to to pursue starting this podcast was thinking about a lot of the friends I have or the connections I have in the music industry and wanting to tell their stories and not people in the music industry that you normally hear from. This is people who work at labels, publicists, so the people who are behind the scenes. And I really wanted to sort of share their stories and get a different perspective about working in the industry and sort of a different path you can take, a different direction you could take in pursuing music uh, as a career. My guest today is Andy DeSantis, marketing director for the most excellent, the legendary Polyvinyl Records. It's a label that's made a home for bands such as American Football, Japan Droids, Pedro the Lion, Rainer Maria, and recently one of my favorite songwriters, Laura Jane Grace. I've known Andy for over a decade at this point, but this was actually our first time speaking in person. I used to run a music blog called Mixtape Muse, and I got connected with him through there right around the time he started working at Polyvinyl. But until now, we'd really only exchanged emails, so I was really, really excited to sit down and finally chat with him. This conversation was recorded at the tail end of last year over Zoom, which was my first time trying to do it over Zoom. So uh, I think it turned out pretty, pretty well, all things considered, and I'm, again, really excited to share the conversation with you. For Andy, his direction has taken him on a pretty amazing journey with music, from playing in bands decades ago in the DIY Bay Area music scene, to now handling the creative direction for album launches and releases at Polyvinyl. His story is one that's all about creating through community. He and I talked about a variety of topics, everything from helping to reunite American football, to airheads, to starting on the trumpet, moving to guitar, and what he sees for himself next. Here is my conversation with Andy. This is his direction. So I'm, I want to start all, all these off by basically asking, um, you know, what was your first memory of when you really connected with music? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's hard. Um, I have a few things. So like when I was younger, my mom played like Beatles. She had the Beatles anthology. Um, the two anthology discs, like the early and the, the older version. It's like blue and red, I think. And that was like big for me as a kid. I, I really connected with that and I still do. But then when I was in, and I played, I played trumpet growing up. So I was always like playing music in band. Um, but then uh, my family moved from Visalia, California to Tracy, California when I was in the eighth grade. Um, and a guy down the street it's like I was like meeting new friends and it was like a big deal when you're 13 um he was like uh he was like really into guitar and his brother and him like jammed in the garage and like 
he was really into Nirvana and like he played guitar left-handed and had like all the same guitars that Kurt Cobain had. And like, that was just sort of like a, that like opened the doors for me of like, Whoa, this is cool. Like maybe I should try and play guitar. And then I, so then I got an acoustic and then from there I just like started playing in bands in high school. And that's when I found out about, independent labels so yeah that's kind of like where it started <laughs> i just sort of kept kept on like going from there but like what was it about guitar like i remember i, I started on the alto saxophone and i was like yeah mm -hmm. this is cool school band and then i got introduced to the guitar and then it was just like that was it and it was just something about like like I, I was one of those people where i never practiced anything i just wrote songs all the time like what was it for you that really was like oh like yeah like this is my instrument well, I think it was, it was more about like seeing him play and then him, like hearing him play actual songs I knew, like Nirvana songs at the time it was like big for me. And I was like, wow, like he knows how to play these songs. Like, that's crazy. And I never like got that feeling from playing trumpet. It was more just like, here's the sheet music. Like, oh, you can play, you can play the songs because you can read the music. And like, that's cool too. But like hearing it that way and seeing it, uh, was like super cool. I think that was the difference. Did my homework a little bit, try to be professional, you know, but <laughs> I saw, I saw that you mentioned that like, you know, you were involved in like the central, like central Valley Bay area DIY scenes, playing in bands and stuff. Like, what do you remember from, from those days? What, what sort of lessons did you sort of carry away from that? Those old DIY scenes, like there's not, I mean, not that that stuff doesn't exist anymore, but like, I remember playing in bands back in the day. What do you remember? from those days uh i remember i just remember it being more of like uh, i just feel like everybody was into it more i don't i don't know if that resonates with you but like for me it was like so being in high school like seeing my friends joining bands and then like getting asked to play in a band was just like whoa this is crazy it, I, I didn't think i was like good enough you know but then i just like we just progressed and like kept playing and it was just like oh, my, you know, so-and-so's band is throwing a show at this Legion Hall. And then that kind of like opens your idea of like, whoa, like they, how do they do that? And, and then that just like sparks a whole new mindset of like, oh, we can, can we play that show or can we play the next one? And then from there, it was just like learning about underground bands, the emo way, like the second wave of emo or whatever people are calling it now is like, well, that was like the height for me. Um, so like a lot of those bands kind of sounded like that. And then just like learning about new bands all the time was really fun. Just meeting new people in different towns, like meeting, a, meeting new uh, like kids in a different town, not that far away, but at the time it felt really far away. That was really cool too. Like hearing what, seeing and hearing what they were doing was really inspiring. When you talk about like, you know, those scenes and really talking about them very fondly, obviously like that was a completely different time, right? The social media element was gone. Like that wasn't a thing. And like, like you were saying, like those true genuine connections with people and you were joking, like you didn't think you were you know, like, good enough to be in bands and stuff. But I think like from like a sort of a punk rock sensibility, like if you have the idea and you find a way to just make it happen, right? Oh, we can play this place. And like, I met this guy and we can make all these connections. Like what was the influence of that sort of community driven aspect of those DIY scenes? The influence for it was just, I mean, the influence for it was just cause like all my friends were doing it and 
that's just what we were all doing. And then, you know, like people, another big thing was, <laughs> it sounds super corny, but another big thing was seeing bands have MySpace pages and like seeing them have actual recordings of their own on MySpace and, and like listening to, getting to listen into them and download MP3s was a big thing at the time. That was, an, that was another like super inspiring thing. Just like getting, just like, just like getting uh, music from people that they made themselves was super cool. And that made you want to record yourself and write, write more songs, write better songs. I think just like being around friends and community was, was it for me. It was just so fun. And everybody was super nice. I just feel like everybody was so like nice back then. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like like listening to you talk about it, it seems like what really excites you too is that that uh, aspect of discovery, right? Like nowadays, like, yeah. you can tell me the name of a band. I can go on Apple Music, Spotify, just search for it. I remember those days, like, uh, um, what was that website? It was like, I don't know if it was mp3.com, but there were those websites where you're like, you hear about a band and then you would have to go digging to see if you could find those mp3s. So it seems like that was really, for you, like that really excited you, just the aspect of like discovering that sort of new music and, and whatnot. Yeah, and it's it's actually kind of funny because that's how I started learning about polyvinyl in a, in a random way, just like going on their website, hearing about bands on polyvinyl at the time. Like I was super into Aloha. At, at that time and American football and Owen and all of Mike's stuff. Um, and be, just being able to download MP3s from that, from their site. And then like eventually placing orders on their website for like CDs and stuff. So it's, it, it's kind of, it's funny that like I've been working here for so long and like, that's how, literally how it started. I was, was just say, like ordering stuff from their website. I was going to say, cause like for as long as I've, I've known you, which I, I also acknowledge it's kind of funny to say because we were joking earlier that like this is the first time we've actually like talked talk <laughs> live. But as yeah, as, for as long as I've known you, you've been with Polyvinyl. Um, and just, you know, when you talk about the DIY scenes and the involvement in that and obviously like the the roots that Polyvinyl has as a label and they're still fully independent, you know, and, and full circle for you that you've, you've come to Polyvinyl. What was it about, uh, was it, what does it mean to be still with the label i mean because you've been there for what 10 years now 11 years yeah it's like 11 years i think going on 12 which is wild to say <laughs> so you started i think so it was an internship right like after you graduated you got an internship there yeah so i was like i was going to san francisco state university at the time and you know all the while like i knew about polyvinyl and and indie labels and I was still playing music a little bit, not as much, um, but I was studying photojournalism there. And at the time it was like, okay, I'm gonna be, I wanna do like photography. I wanna do like, I wanna be like a newspaper photographer or like a magazine photographer. That was like where my mind was at. I, I sort of was like, in a way, like kind of gave up on music a little bit, like really, like really trying for it. And I just like was going to school and that's kind of like where my focus was. And then I was uh, signed up for the polyvinyl mailing list just from being a fan. And one of the emails was like, like, Hey, do you live in the Bay area? And do you want an internship? And like at the time it was like perfect timing. Cause everybody, like all my professors at school were like, you need to get an internship. You need to get an internship. Like that was like what everyone needed to be doing. Granted this one di didn't have much to do with photography, but I went, I just went for it and applied 
And yeah, luckily I got it. And so I did, I interned there with Seth, who's the label manager at Polyvinyl. He, he had like just moved from Champaign to California. So it was like, he had just, just come over. And so he was kind of new to California. I think he'd been there for like a year maybe, or maybe less. So I just started working out of his house and it was, it was just really cool. And um, I graduated and they just like offered me a part-time position. And so I like, I moved back into my parents' house back in Tracy for like a little while. And then that just turned into a full-time thing. That's just kind of how it started. I was doing like a lot of social media stuff to begin with. And it was like social media, um, press and radio kind of were like my, my zones at the beginning. What's sort of kept you around there? Cause like, I know you've worked your way up now to, to you're now the marketing director, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what's, what's kept you around? I mean, obviously like I can guess cause I mean, polyvinyl is <laughs> pretty, pretty great. Um, but what, what, what's kept you at the label, um, for, for all these years? Well, I mean, the, the label is run by some of the best people on earth. Like there's just Matt and Darcy and, and Seth are like so nice. Um, I just have never had a reason to want to try and do something else. Like I've, they've just taken care of me and we, everybody who works at Polyvinyl just like works super hard and is really dedicated to what they do. And like, that's like a lot of labels. I feel like um, you'll hear that story. But yeah, mostly just the people and just like getting a ch- getting a chance to work with such great artists. Yeah, I, I I like pinch myself all the time. I'm like, how am I still like doing this stuff? It, it's it's crazy. Um, just like really lucky. As you, you you're talking about the label and thinking about what you said about earlier about the DIY scenes and that sort of sense of community and really just like genuine connection, like you can tell that you know if you look at look at. Uh, polyvinyl's twitter account which i love um and like i have notifications set up for that and like and just just the general way of like the way that polyvinyl does things like you can tell that there is that sort of ethos of like those diy scenes that sort of carry forward um so it almost seems like you've sort of found that from when you were a kid but it's still it exists in this like you know i was say the business world if you will yeah for sure that's a really great way to put it um yeah, it's kind of like I've I've just gotten to do uh, not exactly what I was doing like before college or, or whatever, but I've gotten to sort of be in that world still and 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 still work in that in that field. Seriously, every like every day I'm like I have to stop and and think like wow I can't believe I'm still like able to do this. <laughs> You guys have also put out a lot of great stuff this year. Like, and this is really bad to say as someone who's like, yeah, no, I'm like music. That's that's my that's that's my thing. I never really like I'd heard the name Hum, but never really like got into them. But it wasn't until there was all this buzz online, and then like you know, I know you guys were again. I know you're helping with the distribution, but like, I follow Polyvinyl, and so it's another band. And same thing with like with Jeff. Probably wouldn't have really known about it until I really started tuning into like what is Polyvinyl up to, and then you guys are releasing, you know, great stuff. And of course, like one of my favorite songwriters. And no, I didn't put, I didn't hang this up just for this conversation. <laughs> the, the Against Me poster, like I love, Laura, nice. I love Floor's one of my favorite songwriters. So I like as soon as I heard about that, like ordered, you know, pre-ordered the new album. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's great, great roster of artists. Um, 
but I want to know, like, so if you were at a, if you were at a concert, it's really, really loud. Someone's like, Hey, so you're marketing director for polyvinyl. What do you shout in their ear? Like, how do you, how do you quickly, how do you quickly sum up? Like what, it, what is a marketing director? Uh, never, and, and, and on that note, like for polyvinyl, like, what does that, what does that mean? Oh man, if I would have to shout like, like one or two things like quickly, uh, that would be tough to do it quickly. Um, I, I would say a lot of what I do is like, um, like project managing the creative sides of an album campaign, you know, like each, each record we put out, there's like a social media strategy an advertising strategy. Um, but it's mostly just like working with each artist directly and getting the sense of what they, what, what's important to them and how they want to portray um, their art and their, their music. And just like really doing that to the best of my ability and our ability. And while also just like doing what we polyvinyl always does. Um, we're, we are like super, super artist friendly. We're like always, you know, down to do whatever our artists want. Uh, and we take a lot of, you know, I take a lot of pride, of pride in that. Uh, and I think that comes off to other people too. Yeah. That'd be hard to yell in uh, somebody's <laughs> ear though. <laughs> I was going to say, if you, if you said all that while shouting, you'd be pretty hoarse right now. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. They'd be like, what? No, no. <laughs> Stop talking to me. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll admit, I went to your website. I didn't realize you had a website. I just was like, let me just Google Andy's name and see what comes up. I'm just curious. And I saw that you have a website and like, I, ha- I honestly had no idea that so many of the, pr- like the press photos for the artists were like, that you've done, you know, some I, of them. Yeah. A few. Well, I mean the stuff that you had on your website, um, at least the stuff you're taking credit for is, uh, <laughs> is looks, looks really, really good. And like, I do photo video for a living and not that I'm any sort of benchmark of like, ah, oh, this is good or this is bad, but like, this is really good stuff. Um, oh, cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. I love your stuff too. I would, uh, yeah, I, I know you've been doing photo and video for a long time. So yeah, uh, I saw some photos of Laura actually on, on your site. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Would, yeah, no, I because I, I, I talked to Tito and I got um, a photo pass for the when they when they were against me was doing the, the album tour tail end of last year. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. But um, but sweet. But in terms of like what you do and, and, and it's interesting. So like hearing what you do as like marketing director, and then you mentioned that you studied photo in, in college as well. And then going back from that, like, you know, the band stuff, just this general theme of sort of like creating, like creating a community seems like really huge for you. And not only that, but like collaboration and, and creating, like, what is, mm-hmm. what is it about that? Like, um, cause it's, it's, it's interesting that like, there's that sort of consistent theme and sort of a lot of the stuff that, that you've talked about. And I know too, um, that you've also mentioned that like BM, like BMX and skateboarding. And I know like from when I used to chat with you, like you're super into cycling. So like, those are all very community driven sort of things. So like, what is it about, about that? And then on top of that, like the act of creating that, that really inspires you so much. Well, um, I think it's, for me, it's just, I get, I get a great feeling when we work with an artist and like we do all this work together and the campaigns like officially off the ground, you can pre-order the record. 
um, you know, people can hear new music, the record comes out, things are good. I, I, and like, just that feeling that I get from them, like just being so grateful that we're helping them, you know, foster all these ideas and, and make this stuff happen. That just makes me feel so good. And that's like my favorite part about all of it. Um, so if I can make things run just a little bit, even just a little bit smoother, um, that's like a win for me. Um, I think that's, that's probably, that's probably where that comes from. I mean, it sounds, I think, did I answer the question? (laughs) Your question? (laughs) Yeah, no, no. I mean, it was like super, like sort of, um, almost existential. It's just like, what is, what is the meaning of creation? Well, it's funny because, because before I was like playing a lot of music and, and, you know, doing more photo work. And then when I started at Polyvinyl, I kind of like my like actual creating stuff sort of actually went down because I was like just working full time here and like doing all the stuff that I was doing with Polyvinyl, whether that be social media or, or whatever it was. Um, and then, and social media is creative too, but it was, it was weird. It was like, Oh, I, I'm not like playing as much music as I once was, even though I'm like working with all these <laughs> awesome musicians, but I'm not actually like doing the thing, making music. Um, so that's been kind of funny uh, and interesting. I have to like, if I want to like play music or like strum a guitar here and there, I have to like tell my, or like make time for it. Um, especially now, like my wife and I have a, a three-year-old. So it's like, if there's any time, away from like you know work and dad stuff it's like it's hard to like find that time to do that stuff these days but but i mean do you feel like and this could just be my own sort of personal experience but i found that you know i was much the same way like when i was younger i was like yeah like i'm playing in bands like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a musician and then you know that harsh reality of just like okay it's really hard to like one get people to even listen to your band but two to make it and survive as an artist. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of channel that creative energy that you were doing, like in the physical act of creating music into like something else. Right. So like, I know that you do, you've done a little bit of photo, but in terms of like the creative strategy and you're talking about really collaborating with artists and like helping them, you know, get their record out there. And like, there's a certain level of creation. You can't just say like, here's the music. All right. Now we're just going to send it out. Like as you were talking about like the strategy and everything. So it seems like, you still find a way to be creative, maybe not in a very sort of obvious sense, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more like behind the scenes now. Um, and it's just like acting as a, um, like a resource for others to get their stuff out there. Um, but yeah, as far as like planning releases go, it, it does, it is really creative, um, but it's more of like a creative planning, like a creative strategy kind of deal. Like, like, well, one thing that uh, comes to mind is um, we put out a record by Chris Farron uh, last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, last year. Uh, and it was called Born Hot. Yep. And we were talking about doing a billboard for it in L.A. And it and like all these ideas started like flying around. And, and it was like, well, what if we did like a, a hotline? Like, and we called it the Born Hotline. And like people could call in. And, and it was just like all these ideas started flying around and, and we actually did it. Like we, we did all this stuff and um, that's sort of like where the creative energy goes into. It's like, Oh, can, can, can like 
we make this idea actually happen and and do it? And if so, like, let's do it if we can. Yeah, I remember seeing something about that uh, online. And I, I think that's like part of the, the fun of, of polyvinyl too, is like taking these sort of alternative approaches to things. What do you think your life would have been like if it hadn't gone in a sort of creative creative path, but in a sort of like business sense versus like if you had made it as a, you know, in one of your bands? Oh, like, yeah, I don't know, man. That's tough. I, I immediately go to like, uh, <laughs> just immediately go to like, Oh, I don't think it would have worked out. <laughs> I would probably wouldn't have done that. Sometimes I think like I was in San Francisco, right? Well, not like right when the te- the tech stuff was happening. It was like a little later, but I like a lot of my friends like started working in the tech industry. So like maybe I would have done something like that because I was there. Um, but I don't know. Who knows? I I know I thought a lot about being a teacher for a while. But obviously it's weird because like I I literally just went from college to this and like I didn't I didn't ever have a moment of like, well, what do I want what am I gonna do now? Like I just have kept doing this, which is just super interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like that whole like uh you know, the five year question is kind of like ridiculous because it's like, how do you even know where you're gonna be in like six months? And I think if anything, twenty twenty is taught now. Yeah, it's like twenty twenty, it's like yeah, sure. It's October, but I'm pretty sure we've lived through like three years at this point. You know, it's like, so yeah, it's so hard to know like where you're going to be in a month, two months. Totally, man. That's for sure. So, you know, you mentioned about how the label, you know, things are going, you know, pretty well, obviously the artists, like the, the touring is sort of it, it obviously drastically affected artists income, but you know, what do you, what do you think is the biggest challenge now for labels? Like at, at least as a sort of a consumer and a listener, uh, like I said, like when I see stuff on polyvinyl and I've, I've recently started getting back into buying like vinyl and everything. Cause like I was living in Connecticut for a few years and like, I didn't take my collection with me. Like it was back home in Baltimore, mm-hmm. but now I started buying again. And like, I try to buy direct from labels as much as I can, you know, like when a release comes out, but what are like, for people that might not know, like what are the biggest challenges now that the labels are facing or, or what are, how have you had to adapt in sort of this, this new sort of landscape? Yeah. Um, well, I think like streaming is a big one. Um, that's since I started that, that's like sort of taken off. I mean, that's totally taken off. Not, I shouldn't say sort of it's totally <laughs> taken off. Um, but I think, I think for us, we're always just trying to like, strike a balance of getting people to order directly from us and also just discovering it digitally, however they want. I remember uh, like when Bandcamp had first started, we were, um, there was a lot of talk about like putting, putting your music up there streaming for free, but we were already doing that on our website, like anyway. Uh, And we all like really liked that about the site. Like you could preview music. There's no like, um, you know, there's no restrictions. It was just there. And it just kind of encouraged, we found it encouraged more people to order the, st- uh, the records. So that's been interesting seeing Bandcamp kind of um, do that as well. And sort of like, that's like their, their model, really. I think for us, like we're, we're always trying to get people to order, like direct to consumer is like a big focus for us. And we just want to keep getting people coming back to our website and 
just, you know, checking out what we have coming up, even if they don't know the artists, like they've ordered from us before and it was a good experience. So they're going to come check out new artists that we have coming out. So when you talk about like return, you know, return customers and everything um, and like incentivizing um, for those that don't know, uh, Polyvinyl does something in things they ship out to folks. I think, you know, where I'm going with this. Um, so, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've gotten the question before and maybe it's been answered, but like, I have to ask for those who might be interested to know what's the deal with the airhead thing. The airheads. Yeah. That, that started with Darcy, um, um, Matt, Matt's, Matt's wife, uh, they're, they both own polyvinyl and I think the story is that she just started, she just started doing it one day and then just like kept doing it. And that's the, (laughs) that's the story. I think, I hope I don't get the story wrong. That would look really bad if I uh, (laughs) got the story wrong, but I think that's what it is. She just, she started doing it and then just like, everybody loved it. And it's, it's funny hearing people's reactions. They're just like, a lot of times on Twitter or Instagram, you'll see people be like, why did I get this? Or like, it's either like, why did I get this? This is a mistake. Or, or it's like, oh, this is sweet. Like, I love these or, or whatever it is. Or sometimes like, um, like people in different countries, like don't know what airheads even are. So like, that's funny too. Um, like some of our bands were like, what is, what is an airhead <laughs> that live, live in like Europe or whatever? Yeah. Um, so that's been funny. <laughs> the airheads, it's, everybody always asks about the airheads. Yeah. And for those, for those that may not know, like what I'm referring to. So every, everything you order from polyvinyl comes with an airhead. Um, so it's funny. It's I thought like, I had one here, but I don't. I was going to say, you, you have to have a supply, but I'm, I think it's funny. I'm wondering if Darcy, like when, when that started, it was just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then it became this thing. Like, I would hate to ask like what it like, and I'm not asking you to answer, but like how much of polyvinyl's budget every year is just buying, <laughs> buying airheads in bulk to, to you know, meet demand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like what the, uh, like how much that costs. I mean, we're just like, we just, there's just like boxes and boxes of airheads in the warehouse. Like they're just always around. There's always like, every time I go to the, the, the warehouse, there's just like, just little dishes of airheads, like everywhere. <laughs> just like scattered all over the place. So if you ever, if you ever are in need of some sugar, it's just, they're, they're like within arm's reach all the time. It almost sounds like one of those things where like, they just bought them at, at one point in time. And then they're like, Oh crap. Like we, we ordered way too many guys. Like we're never going to be able to send all these out. Let's just put them in dishes around. But it's funny too. Cause like it started at, like you mentioned, it just started out as this thing and now it's become like this market. I'm sure it, it helps with the marketing side of things too. Right. Cause like, you know, people are posting like their album they may not have, but they got an airhead and like, Oh, it's so awesome. And I've seen people make jokes about like, I'm glad I ordered from polyvinyl. I was running low on airheads, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We get a lot of that too. We we actually like talk to the company on Twitter all the time. We're always like joking around with them and they have like a hashtag called play delicious that they use all the time. Um, so we're always joking around with them. Maybe one day we'll get to meet whoever runs the, <laughs> the airheads Twitter in person. Uh, that's been fun. What, um, you know, in terms of, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit but still talking about polyvinyl I, I had to ask the airhead question it's always it's always bugged me 
Um, no, yeah. <laughs> not, and not, I should say, just wondering where it comes from bugged me, not getting an airhead. I'll welcome an airhead anytime. That's fine. <laughs> Um, what, uh, so, I mean, you've been there for, you know, we were talking about 10, 11 years at this point. What are some of the projects that you worked on that like you're really like stoked about and proudest of and, or maybe, you know, biggest lessons learned from sort of those, those launches? Yeah. Um, man, there's so many, there's so many great ones. Um, well, one that comes to mind whenever, whenever I think about this is, um, the American football deluxe reissue that we did um that was like a pretty awesome project for me to to be a part of um because i was like i was a fan of that band before um and always always loved their stuff and and continued to follow mike and with owen and, and joan of arc and and owls and all that all of his bands um so the the story with that one is is really cool um Matt, the owner, uh, had been talking to one of the guys in the band, uh, one of the Steves. Uh, and I think the story is they, they just like randomly hit up Matt and, and was like, Hey, I found all these like cassettes in my basement and there's like a bunch of American football stuff on there, but I don't know what's on there. Do you, do you want them? And he told that to me. And I was like, I was like, yeah, dude, like we should get those tapes. And so we got them and digitized them. And there's just a lot of it was just like them with a boom box practicing, which I thought was super cool. Uh, and there's just like some like radio stuff that they had re recorded from the, like from the actual radio on there. I think um, there's just a ton of, a ton of cool stuff, like some live stuff too. And I remember me and Seth uh, in San Francisco, like, like we had just got everything digitized and we were like listening through it and it was, it was taking a long time. And, and as I was, as we were going through it, I was like, wow, like there's some stuff on here that I think fans would like. Um, and so we sort of like put together a rough, like group, like track list roughly and sent it to the guys. And, and we were like, yeah, hey, I think this is cool. Like many people would be into it. And then Matt had the idea of like making it into a deluxe reissue of the first record with the the first record on as one disc and then the bonus stuff on the as the other and we ended up doing that and it, it did really well and like that kind of sparked um the the band to actually like start playing shows again um and they like never really thought they were going to do that and then that just led to them making another album. And then they're, now they're a band again. Um, so that's, that's probably the coolest project I got to, to work on. That was a lot of fun. It's, it's interesting. Like I, I have, I have that uh, reissue and I remember like, you, you know, you're talking about like the, um, those old recordings that probably would have never seen the light of day otherwise. And it's interesting, like the way that you were talking about it reminded me of when you're talking about discovering artists back in the day the modern day version of that but like oh my god i get to release this stuff on polyvine on this label i used to order from so when you talk about like full circle it's like that, that's like full full circle yeah that was so cool just like also i remember uh, another cool thing that happened around that time was like we ha we got the tapes and we got a picture of them and we just put it on our instagram i can't remember like what we said but like the, the reaction to it was like insane. Everybody was just like, what? 
like what's on there and like that sort of like sparked us uh thinking like oh maybe um uh, we should probably like do something with this <laughs> um so that was really cool and then like another another one that comes to mind is the the recent page of the lion album that was a lot of fun to work on too because just like american football i was a huge fan of page of the lion and like everything bazan has done um and when we found out uh dave was making new music and uh we we'd always like been in touch with him because we were a big fan uh and it ended up working out that he uh signed poly would they we signed polyvinyl it was going to be page of the lion and like that was a that was like a big secret that not that many people knew about uh for a while and um just being a part of that like I don't know what you'd call it, like reintroducing the band to other people that maybe didn't know who Page of the Lion was pre previously. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And that continues to be a lot of fun. Like, I, I love everything that Dave does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's so cool. Yeah, I, I've been meaning, like, years ago, back in the era where I was really collecting MP3s, I remember coming across somehow, like, some blog posted a live show that he did in some, like, vfw hall or something in like north carolina and it's literally him with a telecaster plugged in just him and his voice and i mean i don't have, mm -hmm. to, tell, I don't have to tell you like his voice is like you hear that and you're like i know who that is it's so distinctive yeah he has a really powerful voice <laughs> he's yeah it's like when he starts singing you know it's dave yeah he has like the voice that everybody wishes they, they had. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's one of those voices. It's one of those voices where like he could he could sing me something that I would absolutely contest, but in his voice, I no, he has a point. Like if he said coffee, <laughs> coffee is the worst thing ever, I'd be like, You're right. <laughs> Maybe it is. Mr. Bazan, you're right. I'm like, but you know, otherwise I'd be like, no, I love coffee. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> in twenty twenty uh, or in the you know, in the twenty first century, um, like, how would you describe polyvinyl now to people? We just want to help artists do their thing. We're always putting out new stuff. We're always putting out exciting stuff, we think. Um, but yeah, we're just trying to help uh, our artists, like, reach that creative vision that they're striving for. And, like, not so much treated as, like, a businessy kind of thing. It's more of, like, every artist that we work with is, like, part of the family and um, we're all doing it together. Um, it's like a big, big team. I feel like each, each, it's like the polyvinyl staff and then the artist is like a team together. Um, so that's how I would describe it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this is going to sound weird since again, this is the first time we're talking in, in real life, but like, I'm really stoked for you because what you really liked about back in the day and those DIY scenes and like when you were a kid and like, I loved it too. It's like, you found, you found that in, in a professional setting. Like I think it's rad. And like, I think it's awesome to hear that someone's you know path has taken them in, in sort of where they are now because, and, I, and I'll tell you, I, I didn't mention at the top of the, at the top of the show, uh, which I feel, <sighs> feel weird to say, but um, so the, the podcast, you being the first guest, uh, first episode. Uh, so it's called In This Direction. Um, and oh, cool. So anyways, yeah. that's all to say that like, it's really cool to see like the direction that your life has taken in terms of like, you know, starting starting with those early DIY scenes and then ending up where you are right now. So, you know, with that, I'm curious, like, where are you headed next? Like, what is what is what is on the horizon? And then this isn't this isn't the three to five year <laughs> question, you know, 
but like, <laughs> what is like, what are you sort of looking forward to next? Like from a, you know, for, whether it's polyvinyl or just like, you know, are you working? I see, I see a Telecaster behind you. Are you working on an album, Andy? Tell us more. Oh man. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I do have a Telecaster though. I think for me, I'm just blown away at how fast everything changes in the, the music industry. Um, and it's just like, we're all about like adaptability. Like we're always talking about that. We're always talking about being able to adapt to new, new things like streaming is one big thing that everybody talks about. Um, but I mean, like lately we, it, a lot of that has come with like social media, like social media and like advertising on socials. Like when I started, like there was no, like advertising and social media were like not connected really. Um, but now it's like, that's what it is. And like, you have to like kind of learn that whole world now. Um, so I think like, I think for me, it, like the five year plan or whatever, is just like learning about how all the, like what to do and what not to do and what, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense for um, like various artists of various sizes, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just being able to like provide input and and just guide guide them with like uh, info on like oh you know like oh well we did this for for this artist and it worked and, and it really worked maybe we could try for for you or you know whatever the case may be I feel like it's it changes all the time like every day is different so it's just like keeping up with how it's going. <laughs> is sort of like what I've been been doing my entire career, really. <laughs> like that makes me think of like product photography is one thing. Like I, I kind of like started doing that for polyvinyl. Uh, it's sort of randomly um, with an Aloha record, actually. Like we put out an Aloha record and I took a picture of it, put it on socials. And the reaction was crazy at the time for us uh and we were we, it, it was just like one of those moments of like well maybe we should do this for everything we do and then now it's like it's like a whole like department of the label that <laughs> does it so that's been really cool just like seeing new um little windows of the company popping up in that way and like being a part of that somehow is really cool it's not to not to rewind, but it's interesting. And you talk about like you take a photo of a record, you put it up, and then people react to it. And I feel like nowadays, especially when you're talking about like finding music, there is something to be said for like when you see something physical, like a actually, right? Like so, I I've seen some of the product photography that you've done at least on your website, and it's like that's co it's cool to see. Like I want to know what I'm ordering, right? Versus just seeing the album art, right? And so. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you feel like that's almost like the, the modern version of sort of like the uh, discover, like, well, maybe not discovering it, but like there is, there does seem to be that sort of level of authenticity there where you're like, this is a physical thing that you can buy and own. Yeah, we, we've, we've found that people react way stronger to seeing a photo or a video of something that like is real, you know? Um, and we do like, a, we do like a lot of mock-ups too, because sometimes you don't have the vinyl in hand when you can pre-order it. So that's nice too, just to give, give you an idea. But like seeing, seeing the thing, it, it really like does something to people, especially, especially in the music industry, I feel like, or the music community. Um, it just like entices 
people that much more to like support the band, support the label. Um, so yeah, that we we've that's been really cool to to see. I know you're you still a lot of life left to live, a lot of career left to 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 pursue, but you know, thus far, what what would you say is your sort of biggest le- lesson learned or or advice that you share with really anybody, not just someone necessarily in the music industry, hmm. but just like I feel like um just this is going to sound really cliché, but I think just like working super hard at something is will pay off, you know, like no matter what it is, if you put your mind to it and and really go for it and are dedicated to it, I think that's really important and sometimes it gets lost um especially nowadays when everything everything's feels like so fast, everything's like you know, you need it really fast, you need it fast, faster. Um but if you just kind of step back and and like take your time with something and really like hone in your craft and, and work hard at it, it might not seem like it's paying off right at that moment. But if you keep going, I feel like it, it starts to, to pay off and like little light bulbs start going off and you can like do other things from what you've learned. And I think it's just, it's just like with anything, you know, you do gotta just keep working hard at what you love doing. Do you think, do you think the payoff when you're talking about like really just putting in the work is that level of like tangibility, like that, that like you're physically like, because I think sometimes when we get aspirational and we're getting too focused on like sort of the destination, it's like, that's theoretical, right? Like, yes, you should arrive at that, that point or that's what you want to get to, but it's like the here and now, like, do you think that's what it is for you is just that notion of just like taking that action and actually you know, like we were talking about whether it's the records or finding music or, you know, knowing that like, if you're going to launch this album successfully, there has to be a, there has to be a born hotline, right? Like there has to be, there has to be that kind of stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like for me, it's like, it's, it is that, that like what you said, like holding something and, and like that physical aspect of it. But for me, more often than not, it's just like seeing the reaction of the artists that I'm helping and like, you know, getting those emails that are like, like, Oh my gosh, you guys, like, I can't, you know, I can't believe how, how perfect everything went. Like I'm, I'm just floored at how this release is, is out there and people can hear it. And they're just like, so thankful to us for helping them. Like, I feel like that for me nowadays is more, gratifying than like holding the record sometimes um or like another example would be just like being out in the world doing something that has nothing to do with music and like coming across one of your bands or one of your releases in somehow or like whether that be like you're at a store or like a restaurant and like you hear you hear this single that you've been working on for the last like however long and it's just like in the background of these these people's lives and you kind of that's for me that's really cool sometimes because it's like wow like i'm doing this thing for it's like easier to kind of see in that way not that it's in the background of everyone's life but right. you know what i mean like yeah it's in it's it's like happening at time like times where you don't really expect it or where you wouldn't expect it yeah. Well, it's, it's the value of experience, right? Whether it's like conscious or subconscious, it's like, 
that someone gets to like whether it's the band being seeing the work and their work come to life like you know polyvinyl's work the band's work and it's like that experience of like oh my gosh this is really happening or you know like you said there's a there's a song playing and and or you know maybe synced in a tv show and you're like oh i've worked on that that's awesome so that's really cool, yeah like that value experience and the same thing with like over the years too whether it's discovering music playing in bands um internship like all all of that sort of led to where you are right now it's pretty cool man Dude, it, yeah thank you so much man thank you for for saying that i i feel so lucky that i get to do it and i i just try not to take it for granted you know like that's another that's another tip don't take things that you have for granted i guess would be one thing i would say Thank you so much for hanging around and listening to my conversation with Andy. It was great to finally speak to him after all of these years. You can check out more of his work at Andy DeSantis. That's D-E-S-A-N-T-I-S dot com. And of course, on polyvinylrecords.com. Again, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode one. Got a lot of other episodes in the can that I'm really excited to share soon. And uh, if you want to drop a line, get in touch, let me know what you thought about the show. You can shoot me an email at inthisdirectionpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, I am Quinn. This has been In This Direction. Until next time, be rad, stay positive, much love. Mm